Welcome to the Outer Realms with Michelle DeRoche and Amelia Passano. Airing live on the United Public Radio Network, 105.3 FM in New Orleans. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Wednesday night segment of The Outer Realm. We're broadcasting live right here in the United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Radio Network 105.3 FM from beautiful New Orleans. We are fully sponsored by the amazing people over at Folgers Coffee who have been a part of our journey since the very beginning. So thank you, Folgers. We appreciate you so much. Also, big thank you to Justin Snicker, Dr. Snick, a.k.a. the Sonic Surgeon, for his contribution of his time and music for our intro and outro. He's an award-winning composer of Halloween horror, sci-fi, and dark wave electronic music, which can be found basically anywhere that good music can be found. So thank you, Justin. Also, big thank you uh, to Steve McGinnis for our incredible banners and our artwork. We appreciate you so very much, and we really appreciate your creativity. Let me tell you that. Now, tonight, uh, we welcome for the very first time Dan Baldwin and George Sewell. I hope I said that right. And they're going to be discussing the Lindsay, the Lindsay Higgins uh, I like to call it more of a contact story uh, as opposed to an abduction story. Um, I, her, her story has been featured on Haunted on Netflix, and there's just a whole lot more to it, which makes it really that much more fascinating. But in order to partake in the show this evening, um, please head on over to the yeah, usual sites, but I do like to go through them just in case we have somebody who's new. So on YouTube, we have um, The Outer Realm, we have UFO Gods Extraterrestrials, we've got UFO Paranormal Radio, then we head over to Facebook, Joe Montaldo, UFO Undercover, News on the Flip Side, uh, of course, UFO Paranormal Radio, United Public Radio, Canada's Most Haunted, and of course, The Outer Realm. So that's how you will be able to interact with our guests and Amelia uh, and I tonight. So welcome, everybody. I can breathe. <laughs> oh, good. I know. So we've got, oh, thank you. Thank you very much for sharing. And thank you, Ken, Janie, Adriana, Tamara. I like it. So Facebook user who shared to the Rift. Thank <laughs> right, you. Can you give you. us a name? Howie, maybe. Yes, yeah. Is it Howie? <laughs> I um, What's up, Howie? <laughs> so uh, he would have been on with his own unless he deactivated my daughter deactivates her account several times hi, hi April. April. several yeah. times through the year and people, oh, hi, Howie. <laughs> people think that she's unfriended them or blocked them I'm like no she shuts it down you'll find her on instagram that age group is not on facebook no, so, this is true yeah they're on instagram That's they're true. not really on facebook I know. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're so mysterious, Howie. Yeah, you're so mysterious. I know. But yeah. So 
if you're if you're looking for my daughter, I'm just letting you know. She's on Insta. But um <laughs> Yeah. But I am really looking forward to the show. Hey, hey Wayne. Really? Oh, I had a problem logging in. Sorry to hear that. Um me. <laughs> Always nice to see you, Howie. Always oh, yeah. know. We know where to find you. <laughs> go go check Howie out on the Rift Network and see a whole other bunch of great shows. Um, along the same line. So I'm sending this off right now. And tomorrow we're having a great, 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 great Q&A. Hi, Jonathan. I just remembered because he, he commented. Table type of thing. Yeah. Be really yeah. Fun. So yeah. bring your questions to the chat room tomorrow night. Yes, we're going to be covering yes. a lot. We okay. Are, we are. So tonight you want to... I'm just going to send this off this link if you want to. Just yeah, absolutely. And thing. we've got two guests to introduce tonight. We have Dan Baldwin, who is an award-winning author of more than 50 books, writer, co-writer, and ghostwriter, certified clinical hypnotherapist, and expert pendulum dowser, in which he used for over 15 years, I believe he's still doing this, to find missing persons. Mm -hmm. George Sowell has an undergraduate degree in speech and journalism, master of arts degree in drama and communications. And he's also an award-winning playwright, retired counselor and licensed prevention professional. He is also an author of several books, including the novel, Chrismere, The Chrismere. So please welcome to the show, Dan Baldwin and George, George Sowell. I am la la la. Yeah, it's so, like it's Wednesday. It feels like Friday. Yeah. George is in the green room. So now we're just we're just Yay. waiting. God, and Folgers is the best. Yes, Michael Kennedy. Uh, I'm, I, yes, we'll put that right up there because they are yes. our sponsor. Folgers is, is the best. The best. Know. Yes, I'm almost is. gonna have to go in and do some stuff. Um, get our Folgers QA stuff back up. Uh love doing Halloween. Oh. Thank you. True ghost where I live. Supernatural Wednesday. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yes, Halloween night, I was on the Horsefly Chronicles, which is another show here on the network on Monday evenings. Yeah. And, uh, I know. So I thought, I'm home. Yes, I can do this. Let's just do it and have a little bit of fun. And it was a lot of fun. So that was yeah. good. I had a hell of a migraine on Monday. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And so we're just waiting um, for Dan to come in, but what we're going to do is bring in George because George is with us right now. Yes. Bam, hey. hello. Hi, George. How are you? Oh, I love I want to go get my hat now. I want to go get my hat. <laughs> go get your hat, whatever. It is. I love it. There we go. Styling. I love it. I love the hat. The pattern is one of my favorites. There we go. So we're just waiting on um, your partner in crime <laughs> to yeah, tune in. I was just swapping emails with him. I'm surprised he hasn't shown up yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, I sent it to both of you. This way, I know if yep. one of you got it, then the other you of you would get it as well. The other so, you. Yeah, the other you. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> one of those. Oh no! <laughs> I'm just gonna say it's been yes, one of those yes. days, <laughs> and I'm just popping the guests right out of the oh. camera. Gosh, is it ever? I know. So, um, really been looking forward to um, this show, and our 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 listeners love anything to do with you know the paranormal or spirit communication or 
alien abductions, contact, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. I tend to always lean more to contact. I just find the word abduction so intrusive. And, and in some cases it applies, right? So. I, I, yeah, I, I, I prefer the, the to use another word other than abduction. That has such an automatic negative, almost criminal intent to it. And certainly it in Lindsay's case, it turned out that uh, that was not the proper word to be used. Oh, good. Well, we're glad we, we, we got that on there. Yeah, I mean, you have words like contactee and experiencers, and, and I think it's just varies for so many people. Yes. Abductee just carries such a stigma with it, you know. Well, it really fits with the fourth kind film, I'm just saying. Like, abductee sounds like something from that movie. Okay. It does instill fear. I'll give it to you. Yeah. You know, it, it does have that here. stigma when they come, you know, like creeping into your room at night. <laughs> it's just like, okay, that might be sort of abductee, you know, stalker like <laughs> behavior. You might want to call people volunteers if they don't have an issue with it. Right. Oh, here is Dan. All right. Oh, can you hear me? Hi. Oh, I, I need my hat. <laughs> He's got a hat on. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna go run get her hat pretty soon. I've got my dad's right in the corner on the chair. Oh, so. Yeah, go get it. Go ahead. Yeah. We we are if anything. You won't be able to see me at all. I'm all in black here and like all dark. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome. Let's see if we can brighten things up. Oh, there we go. Okay. Sure, I've got it. One time I had it on. Look dashing. That's very yellow. That, that was, there we go. That was not cool. <laughs> It's very Yellowstone that way. I like that. Yeah, that's right. yeah. Yes. The right way and the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> so there we go. Very stylish. <laughs> Love that's it. That's the only thing I don't own is a, is a cowboy hat, but I want one made for my head. I want to go in person and have it made. I don't well, we'll want to. Come down to Tombstone. I'll, I'll show you where to go. That's where. I, that's what I need to do. Thank yeah. you. I do need that. <laughs> I want that people, whole experience. Down here, this isn't fashion. It's survival gear. Yep. Uh -huh. It's it's culture. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's culture. It's like the fedoras and the Italians. Yeah. We're kind. It's very cultural. Yeah. <laughs> well, gentlemen, welcome to the outer realm and all of our millions of listeners welcome to all of you guys tuning in as well i was just saying a few minutes ago before we popped in with george that our listeners love this sort of stuff they love to hear about extraterrestrial experiences whether we go contact experience abduction you know they love the paranormal so to have a situation that sort of has everything balled up into one story is is pretty exceptional so where I'd like to start um, is pretty much how did you guys start working together? Let's talk about you guys first, and then we can talk about how you came into, you know, taking care of, of this uh, investigation. Okay. Well, let, let me let me start off with, uh, let's go, we're in a real time machine here. This goes back to about 1975. Okay. Uh, George, yeah, George and I did not know each other, but we worked for the same... Uh, I don't want to say underground newspaper, but that type of newspaper, alternative newspaper. Okay. And yeah, we, we wrote columns and you know features and things like that. And the editor, I, I was looking for something to do. And the editor uh, said, "Well, let, you know, one of my one of my writers, George Sewell, is forming this uh, film group called the Scotch and Cinema Society." He says, "You know, they watch old movies and drink scotch." And I said, 
nice. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm down. Okay. <laughs> so, anyway, I called George up, met at his house, you know, a week or so later, whenever I had the initial meeting. And we've been, I don't know, we had super glue on the elbow or something. We've been stuck together ever since. Good. <laughs> We're just like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you have a long history together. So you've done a lot of, obviously, I'm sure um, this investigation was not your first together because you just work together. You've got, you've co-written this book together. Um, and what, how, how did Lindsay Higgins story come to you? Because I mean, spirit communication, extraterrestrial, you know, contact, those are two really, like, I know you're going to join it together, but for the most part, people don't realize how connected they really are. True, true. And uh, first off, Dan's in Arizona. I'm in Northwest Louisiana. Uh, ah. Back met, Dan was living in Shreveport. So we've been continuing to work together, even though physically apart uh, for all these yeah. many years. Wow, um, fantastic. As far as how we got into the situation with Lindsay Higgins, uh, Lindsay Higgins is a woman who lives in Shreveport, Louisiana, and Lindsay has had encounters with what we would call extraterrestrials all her life, as well mm -hmm. as other paranormal um, manifestations and experiences. Mm -hmm. And this was the kind of thing that she could not discuss with her family or with anybody else. So many people, as you know, uh, mm -hmm. have had encounters experiences who do you talk to and there really was no one for Lindsay so she had to sit on this for you know some 40 years oh. and she finally reached a point where I can't do this anymore I got to get this out I mean the pressure that she was having to use to uh, mm. keep this in uh, she just reached a point where I've got to get it out and then she happened to listen to a podcast that talked about a uh, Los Angeles production company that was looking for people who had lifelong paranormal experiences for mm -hmm. a possible uh, series on Netflix. Right. And Lindsay said, okay, that's how I'm going to do it. So she kind of wrote up her story, um, sent it out to the production company. Uh, 14 hours later, she gets a call from them to set up a formal interview. They have a formal interview via Skype and mm -hmm. The next day, uh, she's given the word, we're using your story. And as mm -hmm. part of that process, um, they asked her, did she know anybody else in the Shreveport, Bossier City area who had similar experiences or knew about these type things? And that's when right. she asked a friend of hers uh, who was acquainted with some of her experiences, uh, did her friend know of anybody or could recommend somebody. And her friend was also someone acquainted with me. Mm -hmm. And she said, you need to call George Sewell. Here's his number. He knows something about these things. Right. And so I got an out of the blue phone call one night from, you know, hello, is this George Sewell? Yes. Oh, this is Lindsay. <laughs> Maybe. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. yeah. So and so said I could call you and we could talk about things. And oh, what can we talk about? And so for right. two hours, I got to hear mm -hmm. Lindsay's story beginning when she was about two and a half years old up until the present. And wow. what I was able to do was the reason her friend 
re referred her to me is back in the late 80s and early 1990s, I was the assistant state director in Louisiana for mm -hmm. the Mutual UFO Network. And I had an opportunity to visit with a, a number of folks who had had various encounters. Dan at that time would often accompany me uh, when we would go visit uh, a family and uh, listen to their story. They weren't really looking for anything hard and fast. They, were, they wanted somebody just to listen and understand. And so I had a, many, many of these encounters that I had heard and Dan had heard. And pretty much everything Lindsay described to me in that telephone call, I could take Lindsay. I've heard this before from other people, other time and other locations. And that was a great relief to her. Right. And, I can only imagine. Subsequently, um, her, the production company contacted me. They wanted me to be a part of that episode. And so the first time I met Lindsay was on location uh, in Pasadena, California, for the shooting mm -hmm. of this episode for Netflix series Haunted, mm -hmm. their first mm -hmm. season. And it was episode five. And right. that... Uh, that kind of piqued some interest there. If you've ever, if you have a chance to see the episode, it's, it does a good job of recreating some of the terror and confusion that young Lindsay felt going into her young adulthood. And they recreate one episode that occurred when she was a sophomore in college, where she was literally pulled out of her room through a wall and into a craft and off, off she goes for a particular, uh, well, whatever, whatever it was that happened. And uh, we covered that particular episode in the book, uh, Paranormal Pendulum 3, uh, in mm -hmm. some detail. Uh, wow. Now, I'll pass this over to Dan in just a minute, but the way Dan got involved with this was uh, I had been assisting him in his research for his first two books on the Paranormal Pendulum. Uh, right. He would also make some trips to Louisiana, and I would set up some locations uh, where we could go and using pendulum dowsing, that's the tool, right. uh, to communicate with whatever spirit may be in this particular building or location. And, you know, mm -hmm. buildings have spirits and people sense them. And they, I wonder who that is. Well, we went to a couple locations and found out who the was, who they were. Right. Um, so in, nice. in, in that course, Dan was in town uh, <laughs> for research on the Paranormal Pendulum Book 2. And I said, Dan, I got to introduce you to Lindsay Higgins and her husband. Uh, this is, you've got to meet these people. So we all met, got along famously, and it was just kind of the best way to find out or research what's going on in Lindsay Higgins' life is to use the pendulum. I don't think the pendulum's ever been used for any kind of research in this arena. And I don't think I've never heard of And uh, so we spent two years, uh, primarily using the pendulum to look into what's going on with Lindsay Higgins. A little team kind of came together. It's the, the way things came together is a story of itself. Uh, right. We had a couple of uh, mediums, if you will, as a part of our team. So we had a lot of depth and different styles, if you will, of information uh, that reaffirmed itself. And uh, mm. you know, that's telling quite a story. Um, I'll pass it back to you, Dan, for the pendulum. Yeah, this started, yeah, this started out initially, and certainly for me, was a, a, an interesting story. And basically, basically, it was curiosity on my part. And over the years, it, it more or less developed into something of a mini mission. Uh, 
some of the real motivation behind the paranormal pendulum three is to tell people out there who are in Lindsay's situation or were in, in the situation she found herself in, you know, you're not alone. Uh, mm -hmm. There are a lot of people who are experiencing what you are going through. And there are a lot of people out there who are willing to not only listen to you, but to converse with you and to help you get through the, the struggle that you're having. You know, you're basically, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there, there's help out there. And so and don't, don't be afraid. To, don't be afraid to step out. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I think when you're going back, you know, that far back to her being a child and, and having to suppress that information for 40 years, I mean, you know, I grew up around that same era because, you know, I'm just doing yeah. the math. It's, it's just not things you talked about. It was like family secrets. And even then, exactly. you know, exactly. yeah. Well, yeah. Back then, you know, you, you, know, you, you, you turn yourself into the, the crazy uncle. They lock sure. up in the attic, you know. <laughs> yeah. Or put on the porch with a cocktail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's, That's what we do in my family. Not, not, yeah, a bad, not a bad way, you know. No, I sit no. on the porch a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, though, that uh, I believe it's tomorrow, uh, a report goes to Congress about the UFO sightings within the last year. Mm -hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, but apparently they had, uh, they investigated only 300, but out of the only 300 they investigated, 150 are unexplained. As soon as it comes back unexplained, you know, you're onto something. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I say. You know, yeah. Yeah. if you can't explain it, but, that yeah. just warrants further research, which is probably as close as you're going to get to it being taken really seriously. Yeah. Well, the, the point is, though, you know, the, the U.S. government is finally coming around to admitting what people like you and me and others, Lindsay, have known for decades. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of a slap in the face. To yeah, exactly. people who had, you know, these experiences to be told it doesn't exist, you know. Then, yeah, yeah, you've been you've been mocked in um, in some yeah. cases, careers yes. ruined because of the belief in the UFO. Then all of a sudden, the the the, the switch is flipped. Hey, it's okay, right? But, you know, think yeah. about all those poor people since say yeah, crazy. Now we'll listen to your story. Now yeah. we actually want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> so you know. I don't know. I get really leery when you mix, you know, government and military and with certain unusual things. Yeah, we're not interested in that route. We didn't go there. We're focusing yeah. strictly on people and what they're mm -hmm. experiencing. Yes. And yeah. that's. Yes. Well, yeah, we, back when Dan and I were interviewing the people uh, in Northwest Louisiana who had encounters, mm -hmm. uh, at the time I was making a note that uh, for many of them, not all, but many of them, uh, they felt that the event was personal, that it wasn't anything random, but it was specific to them mm -hmm. as a person. And right. I made a note of that. And uh, as a part of the research for this book, Paranormal Pendulum 3, uh, I had an experience, if you will, uh, that absolutely reaffirmed that thinking that I now I understand what they were meaning by oh. it was personal. Okay. So this book is just chock-a-block full of things that uh, well Dan and I had no no idea where it would go. We're going to investigate and we'll just go where the information takes us. Right. And right. we had to be very disciplined uh, because there was so much information that could have gone in so many directions and we would still be researching it 
but we stayed focused on we're telling Lindsay's story mm -hmm. and that's what we're going to do. And we got there. Yeah. And that's what right. this book is. Lindsay's story. It's got a lot of ancillary material to it, but it's directly right. related to, to Lindsay's experience. Right. Right. Which I think is great. So where do you want to start with it? I mean, how old was she when she had her first experience? Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, let's go to about two and a half years okay. old. Two and a half years old. Um, wow. Lindsay was born into a um, a family in Shreveport of restaurateurs. Okay, very very widely regarded uh, the Fertitta family. And at that time, um, her father had purchased a railroad station, a former railroad station in downtown Shreveport, Louisiana. Her father Joe, he loved trains. And when he was growing up, he spent a lot of time there. He's just a real train guy. And he had a chance to purchase it, get it on historical record. Then he converted the downstairs part of the depot into a restaurant. Uh, at the time, it was a very popular restaurant. And the family lived upstairs. Okay. So mm -hmm. when the restaurant is active and mom and dad are downstairs working uh, the, the restaurant, Lindsay uh, would be upstairs in her room um, by herself. And there was just one day where... She was looking out the window and it was a bright, sunshiny day. And she was just kind of bored, just playing in a room. And mm. she wanted to go outside. And a few moments later, some people walking into the restaurant noticed up on the second floor balcony, very large balcony, uh, was this little toddler crawling around <laughs> on the balcony. Wow. Uh, so they went inside and uh, alerted. So unnerving. About it. Of course, they rush upstairs and the window is open and Dan and I have seen this window. It's a huge down to the floor, double hung, heavy, heavy wood. No way a year and a half old, two and a half year old child's gonna lift it, but it was right. open. And her parents are up there and well, Lindsay, how, how did you get outside? Uh, well, hmm. Morlock opened the window for me. Huh? Morlock, okay. She described that her, and. A, a, a one of her friends, if you will, an invisible friend that she called Morlock. She doesn't know why she called him that. Right. But uh, he opened the window so she could go outside. And that was a bit of conundrum for her parents because nobody else is upstairs who would have done that, could have done that. <laughs> and the window is open. <laughs> and <laughs> when Lindsay described her friend or Joe asked her father asked Lindsay to describe Morlock and she said well he's about your height and he's kind of thin he's got white hair and uh, she didn't know the word cigar but her father smoked cigarettes but she was trying to describe that he, he had a big brown thing in his mouth that made smoke and right. of course you know immediately smoking a cigar and that kind of clicked a little something because uh at various times in various locations in the depot upstairs and down, there would be the aroma of cigar smoke. Mm. And what her father at that time sur surmised, he didn't verbalize it, but when he was in some of our sessions, uh, when we were researching for this book, uh, he said his, his suspicion was that the, spirit who opened the window and there was no denying somebody, something opened the window. Uh, he mm. thought it was the spirit of a 
president of one of the railroads who had an office in that building okay. uh, that he was acquainted with when he was a child. And mm -hmm. his description matched exactly what Lindsay described. And he, of course, smoked cigars uh, constantly. And it turned out that uh, Dan and I did a little pendulum dowsing detective work. And um, we were led to that conclusion that uh, we did identify uh, that the spirit of the couch was his name. Uh, was, in fact, the spirit who was asked to kind of keep an eye on young Lindsay when she's by herself. And mm -hmm. he also demonstrated very clearly that when you're on that side, oh, you mm -hmm. can manipulate physical objects. Oh, yes. They can. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. That's, the earliest, agree uh, event. That's the earliest event that uh, Lindsay remembers, and it's a memory. Okay, It's not right. something she's been told or whatnot. No, she remembers that happening. So that's kind of the earliest uh, that I'm aware that she has. Okay. Wow. So that's, that's interesting to be so young and to actually remember that sort of thing. Now, obviously, it sounds to me, because this friend, you know, stayed on with her for a while, that her, her parents did not discourage it. I think sometimes children tend to forget, because they are made to feel foolish, no such thing as imaginary friends, stop at that sort of thing. Was it encouraged? Did she feel like she could keep talking about um this like as she started growing up from a year and a half you know three five did her experiences continue with this being uh, from, from what i understand um again because of the fact that the window is open somebody opened the oh, window so they knew right yes upstairs do that yes and Lindsay right. could not have done it no. um Right. There had to be something to cause that to happen. Right. Um, and yes. I wouldn't say that the, they discouraged Lindsay or encouraged. Uh, I right. think it was something we're not going to talk about. This. It was like an yeah. event. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, it was interesting. Later on when we were doing sessions with uh, some of her family, and they more or less, after uh, doing several sessions with me and George and some of the others, the family members began to come around saying, okay, yeah, they're really – there really is something to what's going on here and we don't have to we don't have to look away anymore it, mm -hmm. it was an interesting transition to watch right well especially yeah, you, you know when you guys start coming into the picture as well i think at that point there's a degree of validation somebody believes that this is this is a thing i think that's a really big thing in people that through the years that i've dealt with as well you know nobody wants to be that guy and talk about anything because they feel like they're not going to believe. And I think half of the battle is knowing that somebody believes you. Yeah, it was interesting. You watch people go from, I, I, I really, you know, I don't believe to. Uh, right. Now, listen, Mr. Spirit, I want to ask you a question. Right. And that, you know, they go from this to actually conversing with it, with, with the spirit. Right. It, it's, an, it's real interesting to watch that transformation go. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. So, okay, so where does she start getting into, like, where does it, it pick up from that point? She's got this experience with, with her friends, you know, a spirit individual. Um, they know who this is, so nobody seems to be overly alarmed with it. Um, where does it go from there? Where does the extraterrestrial come start coming in? Yeah, let me jump in and then let George kind of take it, because he's a little Anywhere bit more you want to take it. They're, yes. they're almost neighbors, but... 
Lindsay had experiences later on in life. She lived out in the southern southern part of uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, on mm -hmm. a bayou, and they lived in a trailer that was uh, on a hill, so it was elevated. She would look out the window and see uh, people walking by. Uh, mm -hmm. Now that was interesting because of the height of her window, someone would have to be walking by on a ladder, or either floating by because of the height. But she was definitely seeing people out there. Uh, later, we determined that they were, uh, it was a combination of shadow people mm -hmm. and extraterrestrials and right. spirits, shadow Indian spirits. Right. So that that was an early experience. And then George is familiar with some of the more uh, uh, typical UFO type stuff. Well, you're in the, well, she's in the right area for it. That's yeah. for sure. It's got a mix of everything well, down there. Well, part of what we were discovering in the research <laughs> book, uh, there are two specific reasons why uh, there there's a lot of activity in the uh, Shreveport, Bossier City area. Right. Um, but in the Netflix episode, uh, mm -hmm. much of it's depicting her early childhood where she had excruciating abdominal pains. Once mm. uh, like nine, ten years old. And you reached the point to where she was hospitalized and every test in the world was done to see if they could come up with any kind of diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And they found they couldn't. They couldn't. The, the, the best they could come up with is uh, her mother at the time was dying of cancer. Mm -hmm. And they just said, well, she's doing this to get attention. And of course, uh, that was ludicrous. So yeah. uh, it kind of reached That's the point hard. where there was nobody that she could really talk to who would understand. Now, other family members were aware of her, of her chronic pains through her childhood, mm -hmm. but it wasn't associated with, with anything. And it, it turns out it may very well have been some sort of interaction uh, with uh, the extraterrestrials, at least certainly in her, in her more mature mm -hmm. years, uh, clearly was. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's um, kind of the situation. It, it's, 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 real it hurts <laughs> yes. uh, there's yes. no explanation for it uh, mm -hmm. really can't discuss it with her father or her mother she's feeling very bad because her mother's in, in dying right uh, yes yes uh, yeah he may have let, this, me, let me talk in something real quick let me talk in something real quick here that, that that's related to that uh, we have to jump forward in time to when uh, george and i were involved but we did a session with lindsay where we actually contacted the the uh EBEs, ETs, whatever you want to call them, who were responsible for her pain mm. during the experimentation. And we basically, uh, we recorded the session and uh, boiling it down, we said, you know, Lindsay, yeah, we can get into the how and why, why this happens to her later, but mm -hmm. Lindsay had agreed to undergo this, uh, this, these procedures in a past life. So she said, uh, with me and George present, and the ET present, you know, I've agreed to do this, so I'm going to go ahead and do this, but can we do it without the pain? Oh. And so we, you know, we were doing the pendulum session and we got a yes on that. And since that time, she's had, uh, and George can attest to this, she's had several visitations and she tells us that they, they no longer cause the pain. Apparently they do not understand at least the ones working with her do not understand pain or that they are causing pain. And when asked to stop it, they go, okay. That easy, huh? Wow. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. Okay. 
Yeah, because it shows compassion on their end. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, what we what we were finding in this two year investigation was not like you might think. Uh, this was a totally yeah. different experience from top to bottom. Uh, it, it turned out to be in its own way very reassuring for Lindsay that there is a rhyme and reason for what she's been experiencing in this lifetime. And as Dan alluded, uh, it's something that uh, goes back. Uh, well, thousands of years, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, the beginning of this experience, uh, we were we were in pendulum conversation, and also our mediums were in uh, awareness with uh, the entity we called ET. Said we could call him ET, and this was the uh, extraterrestrial who was, I guess, is the best way to say he was kind of managing Project Lindsay. Okay, and, interesting. And, and well. Yeah. Pursued that and yeah, what we yes. came up with, uh, of course, through multiple sessions and multiple questions and verification and whatnot. That uh, about 6,000 years ago, on a different plane, ET asked Lindsay, who was then in spirit, would she participate in a long term project uh, that would benefit Homo sapiens and also some other species. Um, and it's going to involve her ability to reincarnate in the physical. That was apparently one of the key, key factors. And Lindsay agreed to do that. To okay. participate in long-term, uh, I won't say experiment, because they know where they're going. I'd say probably it just, it, it would just apparently take This time. is a type of contract, though, that was put in place exactly. somewhere. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Wow. And that was... Uh, that's what led Lindsay to say, okay, I agreed to do this, but can we do it without pain? And so right. that, that, that certainly helped that. But right. um, we discovered that in previous lifetimes, Lindsay in that expression was having the same type of visitations. Wow. And so this is a reincarnation thing yeah. that just, that just kept going. Oh, reincarnation. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. ah, is that a hot word? Let's go with it. <laughs> Well, okay. <laughs> uh, when 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 Dan and I were uh, doing pendulum dowsing, trying to track down who who was Morlock, okay, right. Uh, we were at Shreveport's oldest cemetery, Oakland Cemetery, mm-hmm. and we had earlier had a pendulum conversation with a gentleman who um, indicated he was buried in the in the cemetery, and we asked, "Well, would you show us where your 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 grave is, your tombstone?" And he said, sure. So we went to the cemetery and then with the pendulum dowsing, uh, should I go northwest or south and get a yes, go south. Okay. And then how far Dan navigated to um, several. I so guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Locations. And finally, okay. we, we came upon a family plot, a nice, very, very nicely maintained plot of the W.D. Woodworth family. It was W.D., his wife, and his son. Mm -hmm. uh, And W.D., as we were were able to converse with by means of the pendulum dowsing and in other sessions, and uh, W.D., uh, who was in Shreveport in the latter part of the 19th century. I think he passed in the 1920s. Quite a rascal WD was. They got all sorts of newspaper clippings on him. Um, but in that in that life, he had 
a son and two daughters. And as we came to learn, one of the daughters was Lindsay. And that WD is her current father, Joe Fertitta. And mm -hmm. WD's other daughter is Lindsay's present sister. So wow. the family unit was Stay together, together. Yes. Uh, in their most recent incarnation, and they stayed together into the present incarnation. Wow. And that um, that set up a very interesting session um, when Dan and I, Dan was having the pendulum, and we were having a session specifically with Lindsay. Right. To allow her to have a conversation with the spirit of Sally Murph Woodworth, which was Lindsay's previous incarnation, but that aspect of her soul is right. detached. So we're talking we're we're talking with two aspects of the same person. Right. One in the flesh and one that's not. And right. it was a remarkable conversation. I can imagine. <laughs> so this contract then, when you say it was for the, the good of mankind or the advancement of mankind, um is she still, because I mean, you know, 6,000 years later, yes. God, I like to think we're, you know, we're actually getting ahead in some ways. Some ways we still seem to be spinning our wheels. But um, does she still, is she still part of this contract or has she fulfilled it? Does she know? We don't, we don't know. Uh, wow, I okay. talked to her not too long ago and she hasn't had any recent uh, activity or visitations. Right. Uh, right. But that, you know, and we don't know. We, yeah. we just don't maybe know. She, it's maybe going she's... on a long time, and it may continue. Right. Um, yeah. Now, we did get an inkling for kind of what the end purpose is or what the goal is. Okay. And that was uh, what, what uh, is the best we can tell from our information, is that Homo sapiens are going to have an average lifespan of about 150, maybe up to 200 years. Wow. Okay. And there's a big effort going on to totally reawaken the sixth sense that yes. homo sapiens used to have. And for whatever yes. reason, it was uh, purged out or uh, phased out. Yeah. But to establish that easy connection with the other planes. So right. imagine, imagine Earth uh, after a century of a population that lives to be 150 years old and they're in frequent contact with the greater life forces that are going on uh, mm -hmm. totally totally new ball game totally i new think ball so game. sure yeah, yeah yeah keep in mind also you know we're telling lindsay's story i have we don't know but i imagine there are probably thousands of other lindsay's out there this is you know this is not lindsay's the burden for, to rescue the earth she's one part of a master plan and there are yes. thousands of people involved in it that, yes that's, that's the that's my opinion Mm -hmm. I, I agree with you. I think yeah. you have contactees and experiencers all over the planet who are oh, yeah, trying absolutely. to raise awareness, have it have this awakening as, as this form of evolution that that needs to take place. And I think a lot more people are also coming forward with their stories. So, um, okay, this is Trish. Uh, Amelia, can you get that? Oh, for Trish, our hi, Trish. She's also a host on the network, um, and she's also a contactee. Go ahead. That's right. She said, is, she asks, is that permitted in the underworld to communicate with oneself in another time? Do you think there might be repercussions in doing so? 
I, I don't understand the term underworld. Uh, yeah. Can you elaborate, Trish, for them? There we go. I guess like that was sort of going to be my question, a little bit different than her question. In coming forward and going public with the story, um, did she end up with any sort of repercussion at all? Because well, sometimes, you know, they don't want you to go forward with the information. So in this case, no, they were probably with The her. only thing that would come anywhere near that were a couple of instances that you might describe as involving the men in black. And okay. that's in the book. And uh, okay. we did some sessions exploring a few strange things that could fall into that category. And it turned out that, yes, uh, Lindsay was being observed specifically. This is after the Netflix series came out. Of course. Um, there we go. But it was more of just an observational thing yeah. and was not negative or threatening. It was they were more or less in a protective sense. It's kind of the impression hmm. I got from it, Dan. I don't know if you okay. had. Well, that's actually quite interesting. Yeah, let me answer Trish's question here real quick. And then uh, we'll go back to the men in black. Yes, okay. thank you, Dan. Yeah. yeah, her question just popped up on my screen about past life. Uh, I'm a registered clinical hypnotherapist. I've done hundreds of past lives. There's really something something to that. There really is a past life phenomenon. Mm -hmm. And the pendulum dowsing is an excellent way to get in touch with your past life and to find out what your life was like in the past and where you are you are on your journey into the future so yeah definitely if you want to if you want to get information from the from your past life uh, it is definitely accessible that the pendulum is just one way one method of doing that right i just want to answer a question real quick no i appreciate yeah. that perfect okay so let's get back to men in black there's there's a big controversy with men in black like you know some of them some people believe you know that some people believe they're extraterrestrials as well other people believe you know, that they're, they're dimensional beings or other people believe that they're, you know, government beings. Um, you know, you felt that it was sort of a, of a protective nature with them, that they're just overseeing, maybe overseeing what she's doing or curious. So because I mean, it's, it's different for a lot of different people. So did, did she feel alarmed by having men in black coming around her does she have any understanding of it at well, the time until we until we did some sessions to to identify that okay what's going on here and yes, yes you did see the, the car was across your your house there and uh she had two very curious phone calls at her office that uh, should not have wow. happened they did wow uh, but uh, it was more of a we know we know about you okay right oh um, about because that's We're not watching <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it was did she feel like she was being watched kind of thing with the way mm -hmm. yeah but but uh we, we we did go in a little a little more depth with it and mm -hmm. did not receive any information that there was anything negative about it or anything to be worried about that it was more of a protective awareness she well, was protected six thousand years she's definitely protected yeah, yeah. so how's her family you did, did you guys attract any attention being that you were helping her? Nah. <laughs> okay, I want in. <laughs> you can't just do one of those reactions and not say anything, you guys. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so you're only amongst a few million of your closest friends. Listen, <laughs> all right. <laughs> your head isn't that big, Dan. You can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> 
have yeah. anything that you can talk about or that you can yes. share with us? Because people oh. want to know who get involved with or they find out their friends are being abducted. You know, like my goal is not to instill fear because I have so much fear with it. Mm -hmm. uh, again, one of the one of the purposes of this book is uh, to let people know, you know, you don't have to be afraid to come out and talk. You don't mm -hmm. have to be, be afraid to come out and tell your story to people. Uh, our experience is strictly with Lindsay. Uh, we we can't speak about positive or negative aspects that have happened to other people. We can only tell what we have reported about in the in the Lindsay Higgins case. So that there may be cases where men in black are hostile. Uh, we we just haven't encountered that, so we can't report on it. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. We had an interesting conversation. George and I had an interesting conversation early on in the book. We we're talking that you realize more than half of our sources are either dead or aliens. <laughs> yeah, how was that going to look? That's a curiosity, <laughs> you know? isn't it? <laughs> we, did, we decided early on, what my point is, we decided early on, this is the story. We're going to yeah. lay it all out and let people make up their own mind. We're not going to hold anything back. Uh, right. If our witness is W.D. Woodworth, who died in 1920, our witness is W.D. Woodworth. And you guys can... Uh, Believe it. You can disbelieve it. You can conduct your own research, but it's all mm -hmm. laid out there for you and, and you make up your own mind. Right. See, I would think that when you guys are coming up with all of these answers and delving into this investigation, I mean, if she's being watched, I would rather if I was, a, you know, just saying men in black sort of thing, I would want to be more curious about you guys and what you're finding out. Because she doesn't have a lot of memories, you know, at this point. Like, she's just yes. like, I'm coming, I'm coming out with this stuff. You guys are helping her bring forward some of those memories. So did you feel that you guys were being, I mean, without putting yourselves in any peril, yeah. but do you feel like you guys maybe were being observed a little bit, especially, you know, with the curiosity as to your techniques? Yeah, no, we're, we're not only being observed, we're being manipulated. Oh, Jesus. See, there we go. So they were, what do you mean by you were being manipulated? I, I'm going to I'm 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 intro George here on this one. We were definitely uh, definitely being manipulated from the spirit world. Okay. Uh, okay. When okay. George and I started working on this, uh, it, I thought it was going to be, you know, I come over to Louisiana, stay with George at his place. We do research. We go here, there, and we do the pendulum thing and all that. And right. people started popping up left and right uh george started uh he met a, a experiential a experiential uh psychic uh, colleen laborde mm -hmm. uh she you know, she found out what we were doing she wanted to, to get involved he met some some business people who were very intelligent business people who were very interested and they kind of came on board and helped us out with some of the research good. i was doing a radio interview with a good friend of mine from back from the 70s and after the uh we were talking about one of my pendulum books and afterwards he said oh by the way you know uh I'm a pendulum dowser and my wife is a medium. You think we could tag along with you? So all of a sudden in the middle of all this, George and I had this complete team <laughs> of very experienced people in a very broad area working on this whole project. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that there's a chapter called uh, the stage manager in the book. <laughs> and is that kind of like the ship's captain? <laughs> well, not everybody can navigate the boat, but everybody's trying. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> apparently George and I and Lindsay were put together for a purpose and the team yes. was assembled to help us for that purpose and uh, George why don't you take it from there because that, that's more your story 
<laughs> He's like, I don't want to. <laughs> you started it. Wow. <laughs> I'm not manipulated. I'm not manipulated. Yeah. There's so many, so many facets to this two-year investigation and in, into Lindsay, but uh, as part of the my routine generally during this time frame is I I'm an early riser and uh, it's a one mile walk from my house down to a, a fine city park, Mike Woods Park, that's adjacent to the runway at Barksdale Air Force Base. So oh. my routine was to get up, walk down, walk around the park. And one particular winter morning, I was down there right at dawn and the baseball field in the park was just covered in a heavy frost. It was really sparkly. It was kind of cool. Mm. So I took out my iPhone, took a picture and posted that on my Facebook as a scene on this morning stroll and got a lot of responses real quick. Oh, George, that's, that's great. But uh, what what's with that blue tennis ball? What? I went and looked at the picture again. And yeah, hovering above the baseball field is a dark blue orb about the size of a tennis ball. And somehow I had missed that. And okay, so I kind of blew it off as a lens flare or some other camera artifact. Um, but I continued my morning schedule uh, for the next several days. And uh, a day or two later, I was approaching this, uh, the spot where I took the picture. Uh, let me recreate this picture. So I set up the, the frame the same as I had the first time. I don't see anything, but I take right. a picture. Right. Uh, go on back to the house. Okay. Look at the phone. Whoa, we have an orb here. Right. Oh, okay. So every time I take the walk, if I reach that point, I'm going to recreate that photograph. And seven out of 10 times, we're going to have an orb in various locations, sometimes high, sometimes low, sometimes this color, sometimes that color. And mm. the orb began to be more consistent of a certain type of blue color. Anyway, something's going on here. So I sent all the pictures out to Dan. I said, Dan, get your pendulum, pal. <laughs> See if you can make any sense of this. Because this, <laughs> this has got my attention, but I have no idea uh, why the camera's seeing things that I do not see. And right. Dan came back with uh, his findings and it was, well, you know, the orb is a spirit. It's a spirit known to you, but not in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. and, okay. Well, I'm not really apprised of my previous incarnations. I think it's kind of irrelevant for right now, but uh, I did have a little thought. Well, maybe <laughs> I should get on the internet and look for 19th century American actresses. Uh, all right. <laughs> okay, so we do that. I do that. Right. And sure enough, one particular 19th century actress keeps popping up. So I'm subscribed to newspapers.com, so I got real specific um, with this actress, Kate Bateman. And Turns out she was born in Baltimore of a theatrical family. She was a very powerful actress in the uh, 1860s. And she married an Englishman, moved to England. She was really big on the London stage. And um, okay, <laughs> Kate Bateman. All right, so I got this name. Um, and I just want to set up a session with uh, Colleen, the evidential medium. Look, mm -hmm. we think 
spirit <laughs> that's gone to a lot of trouble to make herself known to us. Right. Um, <laughs> is, is there any way we can find out what she has to say or offer? And we had a two hour session uh, with Kate. And part of that's included in the book because it was very, very profound. Uh, Colleen just gave a beautiful description of Kate. Uh, mm. And what Kate was presenting was that she's a part of this. We all know each other, everybody involved in this project. You know, we've known each other for gosh knows thousands of years. We worked on so many projects um, similar to this. Um, and that, well, court case is very much a part of it and as we came to learn and she's mm. the one who kind of put the bug in Lindsay's ear about it's time to come out mm-hmm. and you need to listen to this podcast right and she was you know stage managers who runs the show after right. winter play open stage manager runs it and from behind the scenes Kate was bringing all of this together to tell the story. And that was, um, right. uh, Yeah. Like synchronicity is just putting the puzzle pieces in place. (laughs) Right. Um, right. I think it's great. I think it's great. That was a a very intriguing element. And, uh, I, I think the spirit realm intervenes more than people actually thinks and i think it's because maybe it's because life is so busy that you know we really don't take the time to pay attention to signs or synchronicities or things like that you know we just we're just too busy sometimes Mm -hmm. people work two jobs or you work a long day come home you have a family to tend to you know homework dinner like we just don't really take the time to notice what's going on so like you say, you're looking like, well, you know, you, you can on any given time, you know, what your schedule is, you can just, you know, do go about your, your day very efficiently, but you didn't notice this one little blue orb <laughs> in your photo that was trying to say, Hey, I'm here and mm-hmm. photo after photo after photo, <laughs> which I think is great. Yeah. For some reason, uh, yeah, we're not sure why, but George and I, each of us, uh, we're getting a lot of U.S ufo activity in our lives uh he gets a lot of photographs on his walks and i do a lot of surprised here in in the west i I can go camping where there is nobody around for you know 10 50 50 miles no lights around for 10 or 50 miles and i get to see all kinds of uh interesting but uh since we started in my life anyway since we started doing this book i have seen a lot more interesting lights since we started uh, is it because you think them, you're paying more attention or do you think that you've attracted attention? Uh, well, uh, yeah. Um, or both. Probably both. But also uh, when I do go camping by myself, uh, I go for spe- one of the specific reasons is to try to make some kind of contact. Okay. And I, uh, you're familiar with Stephen Greer, Dr. Greer? Oh, yeah. CE5. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, I'm using his technique, which is right. I'll meditate on, on making contact. Yes, then I'll basically basically send out telepathic messages to, yes. asking for contact, and then send out basically uh, you know love and healing to the universe, friendship type messages. Right. And so far, I'm six out of six on camping trips. There you go. I'm talking. I'm talking. Oh. You know, not yes. you know that could be an airplane, that could be a jet, that might be a meteor. I'm talking about. There's no 
other thing. And that could be nothing else except some kind of response, a dramatic response to my mm -hmm. request. Right. That's impressive. So, yeah. No, yeah, just one, one. I'll give you one example. I was uh, was camping and I, I did the did the whole routine, and I figured, uh, oh, this is up in Utah, and I'm looking out over the Navajo Reservation and the area oh, I'm Jesus. looking over. That's no wonder. <laughs> there, there's nothing <laughs> out, out, over. Yeah, I'm looking down on the reservation. Yes. No towns, yeah. no roads, no farms, no lights, nothing. Mm -hmm. right. The nearest town is you know 100 miles away, over the ridge line. Yes. So I go through the routine and I'm up and, well, nothing's happening. Uh, I guess they just don't want to communicate tonight. So I go down, uh, sleep in my cot, roll over. <laughs> and uh, that was about 11 o'clock. And one o'clock in the morning, boing, wide awake, set up straight. Well, not even tired, not, you know, not sleepy out or anything. And I look up, there's this big moon, golden moon sized object over the horizon. Now, the moon had set. It was a full moon that night, but the moon had set before I went to bed. Right. So hovering over the horizon is a, a golden globe about the size of the moon. So I'm looking at it. You know, this, okay, all right, all right. It's still there. Get out of my sleeping bag. Put on a little warm clothes. Walk around to the side of my truck. It's still there, just hanging there. It's a golden globe. Hmm. And I say, well, I'm going to take a picture. And it's gone. Wow. But I absorbed it for you know a good minute or so. Mm -hmm. Wow, I'm not at all surprised. I do believe you know um, I haven't gone to the extent of going someplace by myself or meditating, but I have just well, telepathically put it out. Well, no, it's a good it's a good <laughs> way to do it. You know, yeah. we just happen to be in an active area, so I just sort of put it out there. And yeah. and that night there was a huge flash of light that came just blasting through my bedroom window, ricocheted on the ensuite mirror and bounced and went back out and it's two stories up. It's a, it's a big, you know, it's a tall house and it's a very quiet street, but you know, I waited around waiting for a car to come through to see if I could get reflections, things like that. Yep. There was nothing like that. And I think that's where the journey changes. I think is your willingness to say, okay, I think I'm ready and putting it out there. You know, I think there are many out there who are just waiting for people to do exactly what you're doing, just to say, I, I want, you know, I'm ready to, to meet you. I'm ready to see what it is, you, what messages you have. And George is like, no. Yeah. George just, has a really good, George had a great in, in town sighting. Yeah, I'm, I'm, they're going to wait for a long time. You and George to are me. both going to be off going, no. Yeah, it's quite all right. <laughs> so, Okay, I I think it's great. The CE five is just taking the whole movement into yeah. a different direction. Sure. So, George, yay or nay on experiences yourself? Uh no. <laughs> well, okay. well, well into the research period, um, uh, George the skeptic started kicking in. He was just it was just too easy. I right. mean, all these people just coming together. I mean, Kate popping up. Um, the two mediums coming in, uh, what mm -hmm. we were learning about ET and the relationship with Lindsay was like nothing we had ever anticipated, but that's where the information was going. It's just, I was just really going to have to question, are we in fact in communication with extraterrestrials? Are we in fact getting the truth about what's been happening with Lindsay? Right. So that was kind of what, where I was going. Mm -hmm. Um, so I get up bright and early, 7 a.m., December 28th, 2020, 
go into the living room, open up the blinds, look across the street, and hovering above my neighbor's house is about a 20-foot diameter yellow and orange sphere. <clears throat> nice. And looking <laughs> at that sucker, <laughs> I can see the street light below it. It's got a light pollution bulb in it, so it has a similar yellow orangish type light. I can see the first rays of the soon to rise sun in the distance behind the orb. Mm -hmm. And I notice the circumference of the sphere uh, is not hard. It's, it's um, kind of like a, a, a painter might feather, you know, it's, it's, right. it's not a hard line. It's, it's, it's got some activity to it mm -hmm. and it was just the damnedest thing. And I'm just observing the heck out of it. Right. Stroking it up. So, what does George do next? Yeah, what does George do next? <laughs> Go feed the cats on the back porch. <laughs> it Get didn't phase you at all. Really? Wow. Walk back by the window in the living room, look out, notice that it's gone, and click. Whoa. Hello. I just had an experience. I knew I'd had the experience. What I was yeah. being given yes. was a demonstration in the manner of contact and mm -hmm. uh, suggestion. Basically, uh, as I later surmised, uh, it's called alien apathy when somebody has some sort of encounter and they react in a way that they would not expect or you right. would not expect. A uh, natural right. thing for me, we'd step out in front of the porch there and look at the thing directly, grab the phone, take a picture of it. Of course, that would be the natural thing. What I do, I right. feed the cat. <laughs> yeah, but, feed the cat. Acknowledgement <laughs> is empowerment. If I don't acknowledge it, it'll go away. <laughs> yeah, right. No, it wasn't. It, it, wasn't, it was right. a deliberate demonstration yes. in meditating on the whole thing that night because it was just sinking in this. <laughs> you wanted to make uh, you a believer. Somebody well, out there needed a, you was, to be a believer. Was a, 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 yeah. about as big a statement as you can get as, yes, George, this is real. This <laughs> is true. Write the damn book. Right. <laughs> and right. the phrase that came across for what had occurred was diplomatic reveal. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's and interesting. Those diplomatic are two, reveal. two very proper words to describe what that experience is all about. So after that, okay, right. fine, let's go. Right. Where, so where, no where missing time or anything like that. You guys mm -hmm. just had your experience. Do you feel that you yeah. may have been taken at all? Not yet. Not yet. You're willing? Not yet. You're I think to... uh, one thing, uh, again, uh, about my experience uh, up in Utah, uh, kind of ties in with George's, uh, that this is maybe it's, it's a personal thing because I, I, I observed the one I observed for a long time, and it didn't disappear until I thought, I'm going to take a picture of it. Right. And that's when mm -hmm. it winked out. It didn't fly away. It just winked out completely. And my interpretation, strictly my interpretation, but it's that, you know, Dan, this is a showing for you. We're real. We're here. You right. know, keep doing what you're doing, but it, it's just for you. Don't take a picture. Right. They were gone. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. That's what I meant. When I, earlier I was mentioned about some of the people we talked to back, back in the day, they described it as being a very personal experience. Yes, I I believe that as well. I do believe that they're sort of catered to the individual 
you know, the bloodline, the whatever it is that, yeah. that has attracted them to you that has gone through lifetimes or just through, um, you know, your ancestry. I think that there's something about you, then that's, that is for you and your, your lineage. And in this case, past lives. Was it ever determined what, what race of being that was, that was contacting her? We didn't really no. pursue we didn't get information into them so much. We did ask a general question on several occasions to uh, E.T. And okay. it was, if, if he was to present himself in a manner which we could visually see him, right? what would we see? And basically, he That's described your Nordic, your tall, light-skinned, oh, like Palladian sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But both of our okay. mediums, there were two occasions um, where E.T. was present, uh, me, Dan, and uh, uh, David, and his wife, Lauren, who's a medium. Uh, mm -hmm. We were at Mike's Park having a session. And I asked E.T., if you're present, could you reveal yourself in some fashion so that maybe Lauren can pick up a little clearer image of, of how you are, what you are, who you are. Right. And that's your cue, Dan. Okay. Yeah, that was that was interesting. We were sitting in a semicircle, and Lauren and I were sitting side by side. And uh, she's a very talented medium. I'm not. I mean, I can, <laughs> I can I can I can do the pendulum dowsing bit, and that's it. I'm not clairaudient, clairvoyant, anything. Right. But we were sitting there. And all of a sudden, Lauren and I were both hit at the same time with a powerful, powerful emotion. Uh, Lauren described it later as uh, mother love. But at the mm -hmm. moment, it was just it was just like right into my heart. I mean, and it, in fact, uh, we have a lot of transcripts of the sessions in the book. And mm -hmm. in that session, you see, you hear me going, uh, or you read me going, oh, my God, I'm, I'm tearing up. It was it was that emotion. It was that fast, just like wow. that. And wow. Lauren said it was... She said it was mother love and she was accurate. It was it was a strong, overpowering emotional feeling of love that just went whoop, just like that. Yeah, and she, got yeah, it. It's a big so, impact. she associated the, the color purple with it. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. The color purple. So, yeah, when you when you ask for some kind of showing or, or confirmation that they're there, it, it may be in a different form than you're mm. thinking. It may not be the the UFO right. coming down, it may be something entirely different, but still, nonetheless, mm -hmm. exactly uh, as real. Right. Um, I'm just going to put up a question and a comment, just so that way we'll be able to move on. There you go, Amelia. Yeah, uh, Trish says there's a simultaneous outdoor global CE5 event this Saturday. More info on the global CE5 group page. There you go, guys. We're going to have a pandemic. Everybody's going to be out there having a different kind of pandemic. Yeah, a different kind. <laughs> yes. Okay. And, and Tamara, hi, Tamara says Pandora's box is open. Do you feel more people are coming forward? That's that's part of what George and I are trying to do with, with this book. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, uh, you know that's definitely what Lindsay is trying to do. Right, right. And, yeah, and I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm pleasantly surprised at how well received this book is, and how people are very interested in this whole subject matter. I think there's a lot of latent curiosity out there that's starting to percolate. Maybe there's just more people having experiences, and much like Lindsay, they just don't. You know, people don't come forward for many reasons. Maybe they're professionals. Maybe it has something to do with their job or their career, family, mm -hmm. religious beliefs. You know, there's so many reasons as to why they don't. 
but it's a, it's a, one of those experiences that will transform you. I think you just need the right forum or the right platform to do it. And for Lindsay, it was, you know, it was haunted. I, I consulted a little bit with that show and they were looking at doing a second season and they're, they're very thorough. I like that show. Yeah. They're very I thorough do. in, in how they, they put everything together. Um, and again, there's only so much you can put in an hour because you can, many of these stories can be a mini series just on, the, on their, on their yeah. own. You know, if you think of the years and all of the efforts that you guys have put in, um, that just speaks volumes and attributes the fact that yes, you could probably get hours, you know, of a production and you can only get a little bit. All the good stuff is usually on the cutting room floor, which is the <laughs> yeah. behind the scenes stuff. Right. So um, now Lindsay today, is she's not having as many experiences. How, how does she feel about all of this? Like, is she able to, to, live her life a little happier because now it's like behind her or does she anticipate that she's just there'll be more people like her maybe looking to reach out uh lindsay's living a perfectly normal life okay yes. she, she, she and her husband are just as happy as they can be <coughs> she does have a periodic health issues but they're not related to uh, right. ets or any, anything like that mm -hmm. um i want to ask her recently if there's been any visitations and she said no none of late there were some last year uh where they would leave some marks some symbols that's that kind of goes along with it but there was no associated discomfort mm -hmm. right. but otherwise i mean she she works full time and she's very busy with her family and um, um rocking and rolling mm -hmm. right. it's my opinion that once she once she literally started telling her story publicly and then, and then the book came out and I think her life is probably a lot more normal because she doesn't have that weight <laughs> on, on her shoulders. Mm -hmm. yeah, she's not mm -hmm. holding all that stuff in so she can, she's capable of living a, a lot more normal life because she mm -hmm. has come out. Right. It's yeah. almost like she's got some, she's had some sort of healing through it and yeah. um, I'm happy for her. That's, that's good to hear. Mm hmm that's a lot to hold in from people that you love and know and um, not be able to express yourself. And perhaps maybe sometimes you may react to something differently than you would have if it had been out there. It must have been really hard for, for her. Very difficult, I feel, for her. I'm happy mm -hmm. that she got her story out and she definitely did it the right way. Mm. So. Did, does she have other family members who have these experiences as well? Children, nieces, nephews, anything like that? It's like Joy uh, just laughs. Uh, I'm like, okay, what? It's <laughs> a family affair. Yeah. It, it has to be if they're Still, all together right? all these years, though. It makes so total everybody sense. got the contract, basically. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. That's, wow. Yes. So it was it was a contract with her her lineage, essentially, past lives that sort of thing because the family seems to be staying together and there's they still seem to be um like a, again it must be like a everybody's involved but yet she's the one that seems to be or have gone you know having gone through all of this i don't know it's interesting um did i don't know i, I i'm sort of tongue-tied with it because usually you can come up and say okay you know they don't usually stop unless you've either fulfilled that contract or unless you basically just don't have anything left 
to offer, then they, they just tend to move on to maybe children or grandchildren or things like that, staying within you know, the family lines. Yeah, what, what's puzzling me right now is uh, something, you know, George and I are facing this, like, is the basic question, well, what's next? Right. Yeah, you know, we were, obviously, we were, we were directed and we we're supposed to tell the Lindsay story. So I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to stop there. So our, our, our question is now, you know, where, what's, what's the next step? We want to take the next step. We're just waiting for a little nudge. Right. Maybe you're the next step. Maybe it's your experiences. Could be. You know, like they say, if you live in a haunted house and you're around spirits all the time or you're in the field and you become more aware of spirits, you're more <laughs> open to them. Maybe it's the same thing with E.T. because you guys have delved into this. Maybe, and, I mean, you're actively looking, doing CE5s, yeah. you know, and George is like, yeah, I'm good either way, but he's having your experiences as well. But maybe it's going to... Maybe the next leg of the journey is mm -hmm. bringing you guys into it for something bigger. We'll, we'll see. You know, uh, I'm not very good with patience, but I'm having to learn patience. And we're just <laughs> plugging yeah. away, you know. Let me know when you get there and how you yeah. did it. We can I, use I <laughs> we'll keep you posted. But in the meantime, yeah. Georgia, we're, we're, not, uh, we're not stopping. We're, we are continuing our research. In fact, we're getting together in a couple of weeks to conduct an, you know, another another round of sessions to see what maybe right. maybe a specific direction will come out of that. If not, we'll still have a lot more information than we have right now. So we're I still feel, plugging away. I feel like the two of you should be asking why us now and and understanding that and see where that takes you. Yeah, why were you both what, chosen for this? Coming from a really good gifted medium, just saying. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but I've on my, on my own pendulum. Yeah. But, um, yeah, any, but I, any clues you might have will be appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> In front of millions of people. Yeah. Well, I can email, tell you email. that that yeah. did come to me. I can tell you that it honestly, truly did come to me that the question is, why are you here? What is it that you're supposed to know? The entrance was Lindsay. But the reality is, what does it have to do with the two of you? That's what you're here to learn. And, maybe you're and supposed to, to help more other into. people as well. well maybe, maybe Kate, it's not Kate summed that up that we all know each other. This is what we do. And we've been doing it for a long, long time. And right. that's, yeah. yeah, that resonated. Right, right. Okay, well, see, maybe that's what it is. You know, people who have experiences out there. Maybe these are your guys right here. <laughs> George is like, no, yeah, no. <laughs> finish one the, thing at a time. I'll <laughs> stick to the dud. Um, it, uh, yeah, it's more sponsor ID time and yeah, sponsor network ID. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Yeah, this I'm is still a good getting time. used to all these, these. This is aliens. the job. Pardon? The job is doing this, the sponsor and station ID. The otherwise, fun part is interacting. Yes, otherwise we won't have a job. <laughs> okay, you are listening to The Outer Round with Michelle DeRoche and Amelia Pisano coming to you live on 105.3 FM radio from the gorgeous city of New Orleans. Tonight we have two guests for you. We have Dan Baldwin and George Sewell. And the we are discussing their book, The E.T. Contact Story of Lindsay Higgins. We're talking all about ETs, CE5s. If you missed it, just give us a minute. If you're just tuning in now, give us a few minutes and you will be able to find us in archives. And we'll tell you more about that 
in a second. Shout out and thank you to the amazing people at Folgers Coffee for fully sponsoring our show from day one. Thank you for your support and your continuing sponsorship. And a big, huge thank you for our intro and outro to Dr. Snick, the sonic surgeon. Justin Snicker is an award-winning composer and musician. You can find his music on Amazon and Bandcamp. And follow him on Facebook and Instagram. He is dropping clips of his music every day. And you will find out just by going to um, look for him on these platforms. You'll, you'll be, um, I'm losing myself today. <laughs> It's like I'm it's Wednesday, it's not Friday. <laughs> <laughs> My tongue's going. I'm working at it. But <laughs> click on Amazon or Bandcamp and you can learn how to purchase music <laughs> from Justin Snicker for yourself. Stream or listen to our archives, including this one on the platform that you normally use. You can find us everywhere by Googling, searching the United Public Radio Network, and then you'll be able to search the outer realm and you'll find us right there on all platforms uh, no lies there's over 200 of them it's insanity <laughs> exactly Ooh. but but a correction the book is called paranormal pendulum Three. sorry sorry yes. Well, sometimes I'll put the book up, but I'm just trying to put all kinds of stuff. I've got two websites. I just like I took the going. whole <laughs> thing from that. that yeah, yes. no, no, I know. I figured. We're so just wanted to correct that. Story. Just wanted yes. to correct that. Yes, it, it does. So this technique basically, you know, was instrumental in helping her, I guess, get her answers. And here she is. So maybe continuing on, you guys are supposed to keep researching this. And maybe you guys are going to become the test subjects, or maybe you guys will have other people come to you to assist them. Well, we'll see. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I would mm -hmm. like to, I would like to have a face to face meeting as long as I'm sitting up at the table and not laying down on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's. I I'm I am of the same mind. Yeah. I've often said, you know, um, I don't understand all the secrecy. You know, there are people who have like right in the middle of the day, you know, full on extraterrestrial contact. You know, they just right there in the yard or just, you know. And then there's others who are just like everything is so secretive. You know, they're coming around at night and just like, yeah. don't you go. And <laughs> some experiences are a little more enlightening than others. But, you know, that's that's something right there. Like. When she was having her experiences, were they all, you know, just like getting sucked out a window through a wall? Because like, because that actually is a thing that happens. There, there, there were some definite physical events that you just okay. described, but there okay. were also a whole lot of other um, visitations that were more on an astral level and non-physical. Okay. Uh, so there's lots of ways that these contacts are made. But in Lindsay's case, the some very definitely were physical. Uh, wow. Wow. <clears throat> I've, I've spoken to people who said that they felt like they were being pulled through a wall. Yeah. And well, I thought to myself. In, in Lindsay's right? case, in the Netflix uh, episode, season one, episode five, they have a wonderful recreation of when she was a college sophomore. And as the beam of light burst into the room, it locked onto her rose you know, raised her up and began pulling her out of the room now there was a ceiling fan and she reached and grabbed the fan oh, wow. to hold on to and then as she says it just jerked her and that's when she went through the wall and 
when she was returned, um, she got a ladder and climbed up and looked at the fan blades and they had these finger streaks through the dust. So that just kind of reaffirmed that this really she happened. Was pulled yeah, out. She was dreaming. Did she feel any pain with that? Like besides the emotion of fear, did she feel any physical pain? Well, aside from the abdomen story, like while, are you saying when while she, she was, was being pulled, taken? When she okay. was being pulled, sorry, when she was being right. pulled and she had that incident, you know, that you were saying that was hurt. on Netflix. I'm sorry. You're being pulled <laughs> through a wall. You're holding yeah. on to a fan. It means you can physically feel. So You're wouldn't you pulled. feel the pain? Yeah, prior, prior to leaving the room, she was yes. watching the wall dissolve. And she could see the craft behind. I've never heard that before. Wow, really? I have to watch this episode. I've never heard that before. Wow. Apparently, it's not that it's not that rare, according to uh, the mutual friend uh, that she talked to, who was acquainted with me. Uh, the friend informed Lindsay uh, when Lindsay was describing that event. So, oh, let me tell you how that ends, and she finished what Lindsay was describing and informed wow. Lindsay that this is a lot more common than people know. Yeah. Because so. people never tell you the wall dissolves. They leave that out. That's huge. That's huge. I'm thinking people are being like pulled through this physical. Solid. Yeah. Yes. And I'm well, thinking, what is that doing? Is there energy people breaking? feel they're being along the top of the ceiling and they're knocking the wall. The roof, being through the roof. Yeah. See, that's interesting to me. That is very interesting. I learned something. I didn't know that. Well, well see, you know, this, this is Lindsay's story, and the, the, yeah. everything else you've, you've heard from other people, I'm sure, is 100% true. But this is this is the way it happened to her. And, yeah, uh, no, it's it's yeah. amazing. I thank you for that because no one ever tells us that something is dissolved. They're just discussing about how they get ripped through. They leave out that point that hey, it's not physical anymore. This is energy now, and I'm being pulled through. I'm not being shredded. Because I always wondered, how do you get through that without any physical pain? How do you not have scars? But thank you so much for, for telling us, because this is huge to me. Right. Okay. Yeah. This is yeah. really big for me. Thank you. I've, I've always tried to understand that. I'm like, how is that possible that you don't remember that? Well, see, you know? yeah, one of the things that, that's hitting George and me is the fact that you know, we're not getting answers. We're getting more questions. Yeah, always. <laughs> every, every, always. Every question leads us to, you know, 10, every answer leads us to 10 more questions. That's Which what is, makes you a researcher, fun. though. Yeah. That's what makes you, that's yeah, what keeps that's us what going. makes you both good researchers. Yeah. yeah. Again, we could have stopped with with Lindsay's uh, abduction experience. You know, that's a full story right there. <laughs> but, you know, uh, through wow. perseverance or whatever, we kept, we kept going and kept studying and kept interviewing and we got mm -hmm. this entirely uh, in-depth uh, past generations, thousands of years ago, multiple generations story, uh, just mm -hmm. because we kept pursuing it. We didn't stop at one at the, uh, the obvious stopping point. Right. And a lot of this has come from the extraterrestrial that you believe was sort of like the case manager, yeah, the guy yeah. in charge. Okay. Yeah. That's fascinating. So, and, and they basically just tell you, like he he said, you know, I am this extraterrestrial being, you know, and I'm not just a spirit individual. I think this is where people, this is where you have to be a master at your craft. 
as I say, well, with pendulums, because other people really wouldn't have any idea who they were talking to. Well, we had like we had benefit of the mediums. We had benefit of the mediums, and the evidential medium, Colleen Laborde, uh, in a right. session, uh, asked ET, "Can you present yourself to Colleen?" Right. And what Colleen came up with was very similar to what Lauren was describing, except Colleen was a little more focused on the in the individual. And she was describing a highly, highly evolved spirit that did not have to have a form, but could take on a form for whatever purpose. Right. Uh, so right. It, I'm not, we're calling him ET because that's the context that it was presented to Lindsay. Of course. Uh, yeah. I don't think I, I, everybody's a spirit, mm -hmm. uh, regardless of whatever the outer form is. So. Uh, mm -hmm. In that sense, um, I don't think there really are aliens per se, if you want to look at it from a spirit standpoint. But that's what Colleen proceeded with E.T. himself. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I personally think, hate the word alien, but. Yeah. I, I think realistically, many of these, let's say, dimensional, interdimensional beings, you know, are already here. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, a lot of our indigenous people believe it. You know, they go into, into the mountains or in the oceans, they're underground, they're maybe, you know, we see, we look to the stars, and I'm sure there are many that come from outside the solar system, but how many are actually just leaving the planet and going out and then just returning? But we and had, a, and we had, an, portals, interesting, we had you know. an interesting Native American story that, in, that involved uh, Lindsay's property, uh, mm -hmm. I told you, you know, she, uh, the, the beings she saw outside the trailer, uh, at least there were some of them were Native American spirits. Well, it turns out, uh, and I know this from having lived there, right? back in the, uh, 1811, the, uh, the Caddo Indians, which was a high culture back, back in northwest Louisiana, uh, the chief or the shaman received some kind of message you know, from above that you, know, you need to leave northwest Louisiana and you need to move south where Shreveport is right now. You need to go down there about 30 miles because there's going to be something very bad happening and all the water is going to go bad and you need to be where there's good clean water well the bad thing was the new madrid earthquake which was uh, one of the one of the most severe earthquakes that ever hit the united states it hit in the southeast and it, it actually rolled the waters of the mississippi backwards it, it was that powerful yeah and it was it was felt you know as far far over as texas even Right. But uh, anyway, the, all the water in northwest Louisiana was bad in that part of the country. So the Indians who had listened to whoever from from above gave them the warning were down in uh, the Shreveport area where the springs were fresh and they had good, clean water. And they, they were able to survive the tragedy. And one of those springs is on Lindsay's property, the family property. And wow. uh, yeah, and we were there one time with our mediums. And uh, George and I wanted to do a couple of readings, and our medium said, "You know, there's some there, there's some Indians here." Said, oh, really? She said, "Yeah, there's six Indians here." So we did a session, and we inter actually interviewed the Native American spirits, mm -hmm. and they were there because uh, they weren't haunting the place, but they they respected the land and they were kind of keeping an eye on it, basically. Yeah, guarding it. And so we had uh, Lindsay's dad there. Joe was with us. He owns the property. And we, we actually had a conversation with the Native American spirits. They said, look, this is the owner of the property. He's going to take care of it. 
He respects it. Nothing bad's going to happen here. And Joel's going, yes, of course, of course, of course, of course. Yes. And we talked to the spirits and said, you know, you guys can cross over. You don't have to stay here. And so three of them actually crossed over. They left mm-hmm. this plane. Three of them decided to stay stay back. Mm-hmm. And as we were driving away, you know, we, we had to walk a little bit, little little way towards the bayou to get back from the bayou to get back to our cars. But our medium, Lauren, turned around and said, "Hey, look, the Indians are waving bye bye." There were three Indians. She could see the spirits waving, giving waving goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I think it's fascinating. I think so, many of them return. I always say when you have one that doesn't want to leave, it's like you can come back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like you you can come back. You don't have to stay right now. You can go and return. You know, and but come back fully ascended and just in visitation, and you know, mm-hmm. and and just no no earthly hangups as I like to call it. But um, they you know they do tend to guard the land, and though that's the land that's usually, I mean, super active with with just everything, and I think it's just because indigenous people from around the world throughout many ancient cultures and and it stays within their oral history they didn't fear any of this any of these things they didn't fear those who came from the skies or you know their friends from underground kind of thing there was no fear i think it was only since bloody roswell <laughs> where, where you know where we started having this fear instilled into us and and things just said, oh, no, it's just, you know, weather balloon. And somewhere along mm-hmm. the line, I think the information just stopped coming. But when you look at structures all over the world, you know, just, just go to South America. For one, like they're fully loaded with, with amazing um, extraterrestrial carvings. You can go to some of the, the tombs in Egypt and see spaceships in the hieroglyphs. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Why not the first kick at the can here? We're just, we're not. But for some reason, you know, in the last probably 75 years at least, we seem to be the one generation that has a fear. I, I think it's because a long time ago when newspapers started and the gentlemen on their soapboxes in the time, in town square, hmm. that this was, this was what made people want more and it made money. So they instilled more and more fear. And then eventually the government got involved. Mm. you know and uh well i mean they changed things around because i don't think i don't believe that the information stopped i just believe that we're not the ones getting it (laughs) well for sure for sure but this is just sometimes yeah there's a term in journalism because if it bleeds it leads exactly exactly you you promote the bad news exactly something interesting though we have out out where i live in arizona we have a lot of uh, pictographs yeah, yes. Native American drawings on rocks. Yes. It, mm-hmm. It's interesting when you see people, you know, they'll they'll be like uh, drawings of deer and antelope and turtles and fish. And yes. Steak. And then you'll have drawings that look like aliens. That's right. People, yep. They draw what they saw. The they drew- but you tell people that they go, well, over here with the animals, that's that's what they saw. These uh, alien looking things. Well, th- those were dreams. Yeah. And I, I, and I go, that. they're drawing what they saw. That's right. I agree with yeah, they you. They didn't draw. They didn't break the line down the middle of the rock. This is real. This is fantasy. They drew what they saw. That's right. And I think when you talk to the Native American people and other indigenous cultures, that's exactly what they tell you. They'll tell you their old history and they embrace that. They embrace it. You know, things that, that 
you know, we all fear. Well, I mean, you know, some things that they fear, like giants and things like that, that once existed, you know, and people are finding things. And yet you talk to the, you know, some of the indigenous with oral history. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were there. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah, you, <laughs> you know, talk to the, you talk to the Native Americans out here, yeah. and it's, it's, it's a part of their culture. Of course, this, you know, yes. of course they dance down from the sky and, the, you know. Yes. That's yes. part of our culture. That's part, not only our culture, it's part of our history. Yes, I agree. Which brings us back to spirit communication, which I think will be a whole other show where we can really delve into your book and your techniques and maybe other stories and things of that nature. So I think um, maybe we can do another segment if you guys are interested. And yeah, we think- bring out this little thing here. There we go. <laughs> I never used one. I find them fascinating. I've got all kinds of them. I love it. Michelle bought me one. Yes. Yeah, the no. reason I love it, there's no room for interpretation. It's either yes or no. It's true. And um, like the one I got you, Amelia, was made from like 400-year-old hemlock from this. Yes, from that house. house. <laughs> yes. I know. It's in my, it's oh, in yes. my cabinet. Yes. <laughs> Oh, yeah, really old. I just but, promised I wouldn't use it unless we're together because I can go a true. little crazy with the other <laughs> side. <laughs> but the one question I do have, though, about pendulums is answering yes or no. There are some people that believe that because they work with the energy of the person doing the dousing, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I've, I've played with that theory a little bit as well, also saying, you know, like, how will you answer yes for me or no for me? And I've just experimented because I'm a researcher, you know, I've been yeah. in the field for about 20 years, not 40 or anything, but it's, <laughs> you know, but I've asked, you know, with myself and it will go one way, you know, for yes. And it might go across for yeah. no. But when I do it with other people and, and just bring it to them, there are times where it is different. So do you go with your own energy or is it pretty much general <clears throat> the same all the time? So I, I I go with my I don't I don't want to say I don't yeah I have to go I have to say I go with my own energy in the sense that uh, I, I use the, the pendulum to to uh, steady my conscious mind right and then my subconscious mind takes over right and then whoever the subconscious contacts whether it's ET uh, higher self uh, spirits whatever yeah that's the, you know that's who takes over at that point as far as I'm concerned. Right, and then uh, you know the, the information is downloaded from that source to the to the subconscious, and the subconscious does the, moves the fingers. Right, I, so I try to that. keep myself totally, totally blank. You have to be focused. Yeah, focused, and yeah. yes, yes, focus. Yeah, so, you know, you know, if you want to, you can make it go any way you want. You know. Yes, it's uh, mine. Am I going to win the lottery this weekend? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I just agree. have one thing to say: mad exit from Vegas. Do not play the tables. <laughs> they'll think you're reading cards, and I have been escorted out. But um, I just wanted to to um, give you a, a little backstory on. For me growing up Italian and my my mom being from Southern Italy, what they used to do is they would take um, a string and they would take the person's, a ring from the other person and put that on the string and use their ring as a pendulum to answer the questions for them because they felt like they had a part of their energy leading them as well. So just to, whether it's true or not, I don't know, but I remember her doing that. Yeah. This is why well, I say you my, have to be a master of your craft. The, the, the pendulum is just a rock on a string. Right. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. There, there's no. There's no magic. Right. In it, you know, the, the the quote magic is uh, between. Well, that makes you the dousing rod, basically. Yeah. yeah. Right. Your energy. You become mm -hmm. that uh, yeah. that focal point. Um, I'm going to put this up for Amelia to read. Trish, Trish is again. She's a contactee. And she gets a lot of synchronicities. And some of those synchronicities that sort of blown our mind were just like. <laughs> so yeah, this is one get, that she had just last night. This is we her get crazy messages from this, this young <laughs> lady. Uh, we love her. Uh, Trish writes, I grew up in Mogollon Rim Country. Oh, my God. Mogollon. Mogollon Rim Country. Okay, I'm just gonna let you say it. <laughs> you do better. Who said it better? <laughs> Not me. I watched a movie with the quote "Death is the beginning of life" just last night and talked about a Sewell bridge with other investigators. Perhaps you two are the bridge between worlds. Revelation. There we go. Thank you for that, Trish. <laughs> oh no, believe me, we've had shows at times, show? and she spit things out. We're like. We're just in shock. Like what? <laughs> I know. Also a gifted medium, just so you know. So as we near the end of the show, please tell us what you guys have coming up. What are you working on next? What are you what are you doing? How do we find the books? Just promote, promote, promote. Take it, George. Yeah. Um, well, you can find the book Paranormal Pendulum Book Three wherever you buy books. Okay. They can they can access it. They can also access uh, right. Dan's previous book that's more specific to the afterlife, Paranormal Pendulum Book 2, uh, chock-a-block okay. information in it. Okay. Uh, so that's that's where the books are. Okay. And, well, George, you have books. Tell them, you have books. Well, yeah, I've got some some books also that you know, go to my website and take a, take a little reading and if you want to get one. They're all in this show. Way. Yeah, anybody who listens to the shows or the, in the archives, literally everything is there. Just so you guys all know that all you've got to do is just look at the information about the segment. Your websites are there. All your books are there. And your bios are there. And uh, people will know how to find you. Yeah, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Everywhere. Yeah, mm -hmm. we've got it everywhere. So what's next for you guys? Are you writing another book? <laughs> Well, yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, oh. <laughs> we, uh, we, we are. Uh, you mentioned the sky people, so we uh, we kept bumping into the uh, the sky people, you know. And so George and I have decided to go to the source, and we will talk to uh, the spirits of the people who encountered the sky people, and see what they can tell us about it. Oh, them. wonderful! I love it. Started. In fact, I just got back from again from uh, investigating some ruins up in Utah <laughs> where I, I met some spirits and. Uh, well, we've already done Poverty Point. There are some sites here in Shreveport area okay. that were inhabited 6,000 years ago. Uh, that it would be curious if the people had the same mm. sky people experience. Well, I've done I've, I've done a couple of sessions and uh, uh, conversed with an individual who, oh, yes, the sky people were very, very much a part of uh, the wow. community. Wow. So we're so this, so, Take that much more detail. So the spirits really will lead you to the information, even about extraterrestrials, 
past lives, just everything you always want to know. I'm just segueing into another segment. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there is a connection between extraterrestrials and the paranormal and spirits. I've often found that there was a lot of researchers have leaned to that. And it sounds like you guys have proven that, um, you know, just with your methods. That, that's what they tell us. That's what we're getting. You know. Yeah. Yeah, George and I aren't making it up. We're reporters and we're reporting everything that we get and then we just lay it out there. Right. I love it. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for thank joining you. us. It was just such a pleasure to have you both on. I will email you um, once we can get off the soundboard and um, we'll go over some of those dates that I sent you guys and let me know what you think and we'll, we'll get you guys settled I into can't another wait. show. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much. I learned so much tonight. Thank you both. Yeah, especially the whole like, what? I don't have to go through the wall hole. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious as to why people fail to mention that. That's all. It's just, you know, they say I get pulled through a wall. I get pulled through the roof. It's like no one's ever told us. Dissipates. There so. we go. I'm, I'm a lot calmer frequency. and happier for it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. we've, we've done our job. Oh yeah. my gosh, you guys have done so much. You don't know. You've reached so many people. You're helping so many with those books. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes. And we're looking forward to the next segment. So thank you very much thank for joining you. us. All right, guys. Thank you and what good night. We'll have. Good night. Right. I'll, I'll wear my hat next time. <laughs> Well, that was a fantastic segment here on the Outer Realm. We're already done and over with, if you can believe it, sadly. Uh, these guys were great. They're just so delightful to have on. And they, their books, check them out. They've got a lot of really good books. You will find them. All you have to do is wherever you're watching the show, um, I'm pretty sure it all was posted for the live show. So just follow the trail and uh, go check them out. So big thank you to Dan Baldwin and George Sill for being here tonight. Huge thank you to Folgers Coffee, who have been sponsoring us since the beginning. Big thank you to Dr. Snick, Justin Snicker, for your contribution of your voice and your amazing music. Thank you, thank you. Remember, no matter where you're going, wherever you're watching this, subscribe, like, follow, join, whatever the case may be. If you like it, please show us your support. And we appreciate you for it. Um, if you want to contact us, two ways only, guys. Outerrealmcontact at gmail.com. That's the email, the outerrealmcontact at gmail.com. If you are on our Facebook page, and if you're not, you should be, uh, just go click on the email link, and that's that'll take you right to the email. So please just feel free. Tomorrow night, back by popular demand, woohoo, is uh, of course another Q&A roundtable discussion. Get your questions in order. Get into the chat room. You know, those, I know, right? Those are fun. Bubbles <laughs> <laughs> is ready to go. Oh, but, yeah, always. <laughs> but yeah, put it together. We have a couple of topics, you know, um, just based on emails that we've got, stuff like that. So we'll, we'll kind of touch on that a little bit. But It'll definitely be paranormal based as always. And we're always interested in, in anything that you guys just want to fire at us. So get ready. And in the meantime, have a great evening. Behave yourselves tomorrow. And we'll see you tomorrow night. All of you. Y'all better be back. <laughs> Good night.